0: Everybody, it is Fear and Loathing in Cinema podcast time, January 2nd. We all bring in the New Year's, we little did a little champagne, uh, we sang, and we are starting off the year with maybe one of the best movies we've ever seen, or not, we're gonna get into it. Oh my goodness. I am Brian Kluger, and I am joined by three rebels who I've got to go save and talk this movie with uh i can't wait so coming in from the planet of miami the the grain farmer herself chelsea nicole how are you
1: i'm good i'm clocked in for my shift at the haterade building
0: oh the haterade building well if you're gonna go to that haterade building then you're gonna have to see the county clerk down in Austin, Texas, Mr. Haterade himself, Dan Moran.
2: How are you? I am doing great. As you can see, I am walking today, and I'm hoping if I keep walking, there will be a body of water and I could just walk out into it while talking about this movie. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course,
0: last but not least, the man in Denton, Texas, who has eight legs and just lives in the back alley. Of Denton, Texas. Preston Barta, how are you?
3: I do have to say Jenna Malone's part is definitely the most, is the character that has the most empathy, or who I had the most empathy for. But what I was going to say is uh, that's no moon. That's a supermassive black hole that this podcast will soon be.
0: Oh my goodness. This is going to be a great podcast start out. 2024 with, of course, Fear and Loathing in Cinema. We are doing Zack Snyder's new film, Rebel Moon Part One, A Child of Fire, which is a space opera movie. We're gonna get into that. Uh, Oh my God, Zack Snyder is starting out 2024 with us. And I'm trying to remember if Fear and Loathing has ever done a Zack Snyder movie. I don't know. But we'll get into that. Um, My bloody first,
3: podcasted Dawn of the Dead.
0: We sure did, which is maybe arguably maybe his better. His best. His that's best. his yeah.
1: best. That's his best one.
0: We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, I, I do think Dan and I and our, our friend Adrian from Canada did a too legitimate podcast about the um, Batman versus Superman or... Or justice league or something at some point yeah one of those
2: one of those things we did for sure
0: okay so we we have a couple questions we want to get to before we get to the movie uh itself so what the the question we brought to the the internet to our listeners if you feel like Zack Snyder movies are a chore to watch like it's just like oh my god I gotta watch this I've gotta pay attention this is just I'm I'm checking my watch every few minutes is why isn't this over um is there is there another movie besides like a Zack Snyder movie that feels like a chore
2: watching anybody for me lately it's been late period and this may tie into later in the month late per- period Farley brother movies like, like what um like Champions uh, um green book was that um, a Farley
0: Brothers movie
2: yeah oh my God I did not like it, it was oh, a I, I, Farley one of I the mean. brothers okay as they split it up they've kind of gone like the poor man's Adam McKay version of we used to make hilarious comedies and now we're all of our movies have to be serious and political and so when I see, when I see it pop up, I'd always give it an eye roll cuz I'm like oh you you made dumb and dumber like like I'm proud of you for spreading your wings but I know this movie's not going to be good because your sensibilities <laughs> and your talent doesn't lie with like really deep drama and character work discussing political stuff you know it's like so or there the later farley brother the one that just came out with Woody Harrelson which you know it's heartwarming but it's still so weird for them to go back to the well to make not make fun of but use definitely for comedic purposes um, people with down syndrome and i understand there was a message to it and they spun it around but the minute i saw the trailer for that movie i was like what what are we doing here so i don't know if it's a chore as much as them i definitely roll my eyes and go oh my gosh i'm really gonna have to work to get into this movie
0: okay anybody else
1: I I will say I haven't seen any of these, but all the like the new IPs that are being dumped into the the public domain stuff, like the Winnie the Pooh, all like I Oh like Blood and Honey? I don't want to see that. Oh, like, those are fun as shit. Are they fun as shit or are they stupid?
0: I watched like the Mary Had a Little Lamb one. I watched the Pooh one. I watched the the um the Caddyshack one called Caddy Hack. Yeah, they're made for like five grand, but wow. I enjoyed I'm it. Not... They're like 80 minutes.
1: No tour there.
0: You. Good huh? for you. Good for you. And, and Farley Brothers, I'm just trying to think. Like, I love the Farley Brothers. Green Book, I, a lot I of people really the green loved book. Green. Huh?
3: I laughed during the Green Book. I don't I think did... it's an exceptionally good movie that should have got where it got awards wise, but I found it pretty funny. But that was mostly Vigo
0: yeah agreed huh so so like the the real low budget movies the movies that we do on here chelsea (laughs) it's a chore take a drink we're gonna
3: save it for later
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) um i i know the movies that feel like a chore i'm gonna say it gonna fucking say three movies i'm gonna say killers of the flower moon feels like a chore He's gonna um, say I'm gonna,
1: Oppenheimer.
0: I'm gonna say Asteroid City feels like a fucking chore, and I hate I to say that. Yeah,
3: I I, I didn't like Asteroid City, so yeah, that was it's a chore. like, for me oh
0: too. man, we're just like looking at Wes Anderson like mood boards. Um, and then, um, I'm gonna say it, I'm gonna say Oppenheimer it feels like a chore. Watch it twice, just like, ah, uh, why are we here? Um, I guess it's just. These overly long movies from directors who are just giving free reign to do whatever they want to, and, that and that's how like... I
1: feel about Rabble Moon. Oh no,
0: um, Preston, a chore movie. Uh, anything by Terrence Malick? What are you trying to hurt me? I love so Terrence
2: Malick. That could be that kid. That's a good point. <laughs> it's a good point. I mean, no, there's some Terrence Malick movies that I really like. And I'm sure Preston, there's several that he may like or think are very New well world. done. But yeah, but when you go into them, you're like, well, I'm going to have to watch rain dripping off a fucking leaf for at least 14 minutes. And I'm going to have to pretend <laughs> that it's beautiful. I'm going to have to pretend it's beautiful after, you know, 13 minutes of it. And I would have gotten it within 30 seconds. So I, I'm with you. I made like a deal
0: with myself before this podcast that I was going to try not to laugh out loud during the whole show, and that just ruined it. Uh, watching it. The- <laughs> <laughs> rain fall on a leaf and drip for 14 minutes with Terrence Malick—no, I oh man, I I think my favorite movie of that year was um, Tree of Life. Uh, Tree of Life. I love I don't
3: mind that movie, but there, I that started his like getting so into kind of like sorry chelsea i know you're a, a uh wes anderson fan but he's kind of getting a little too much like you know sniffing his own supply a little too much um and yeah. kind of getting away at something that you know makes his makes their films more meaningful <laughs> and so that's what especially at post trio life like all those yep. things that he just did with like hey, let's go shoot some stuff at ACL together and throw it together and see if we can create something. Uh, I didn't mind his, what was that movie, that other World War II movie that he did uh, a couple years ago that also was kind of long, but not too bad. It had like that actor from *Inglorious Bastards in it. Hidden. I'm trying to remember which one that was. Hidden something, Hidden yeah. Life, something like that. Oh, that um, was a beautiful movie. Yeah, that one actually had a narrative in it um, right. that that was that I could grasp, and it didn't seem like it was searching for one. Yeah, but like uh,
0: song to song,
2: like didn't have one. No, it was just, like going through music things. I, I I think I agree with Preston in that it feels like a chore because I res- like that's the whole thing. Like people will kill you for saying like Terrence Malick's not good or made a bad movie, and. I'm not saying he's not talented or like there's movies that he's made that I haven't liked, but I agree with the aspect. It's a chore to watch. Like you're like, am I going to get the good one or am I going to sit here for two and a half hours and be like, this is as, as Preston said about Wes Anderson, just Terrence Malick's mood board. Like, am I going to walk in and this is like how he feels listening to the rain sounds app on his thing, just putting visuals to like (laughs) naturalistic sounds and just boring me to death. Or is there going to be something more to it? So I'm right there with you for that. But, one. like,
0: take that. Like, take Terrence Malick. Take, like, he's, he's, he looks at movies and he's going, we've got to get into the, he's almost like Werner Herzog almost. Like, we got to get into the depth of the rain and, you know, we've got to do all of this stuff. But then you have Zack Snyder, who's just in your face with none of that. It is completely on the nose, heavy handed, in, every aspect of filmmaking and even pick
3: picking songs um so i don't don't mean to like pick at the scab more than we already have but i just don't understand why you don't like oppenheimer when that's what terrence it's got the terrence malick makeup (laughs) in it does it it does
2: it absolutely does Christopher Nolan did the right amount of raindrops. It was like a total yeah. of a minute, a minute and a half on screen. But he made,
3: <laughs> he made those, there was a narrative to those raindrops though. So. Yeah. All right,
0: did all you right. get it, Brian? Did you get it? <laughs> I don't get most movies unless they're Zack Snyder movies. So yeah. here we go.
1: <laughs> that says a little bit.
2: I would, I would like to see Terrence Malick's version of Rebel Moon. Right. <laughs> or would you like to
0: see Zack Snyder's version of um? Tree of Life? <laughs> I thought you would say Oppenheimer.
1: <laughs> oh no. Oh, oh God. no.
0: Um oh it's so funny. So so Zack Snyder um has been able to do so many things. Uh, since his career started. He's taken over franchises, over whole film companies. He's done his own thing. And then with Rebel Moon, his latest movie, um, the lore goes that he pitched an idea to Lucasfilm and Disney about doing a Star Wars movie. And they said, no. So what does Zack Snyder do? He doesn't say, okay, I'm not going to do something else. No, he's going to say, I'm going to make my own Star Wars. I'm going to make a Star Wars movie and just call it something else. And he did. And he got a... Huge budget, almost two hundred million dollar budget. Made his own Star Wars saga. Um, is there a film franchise out there or a movie that you want Zack Snyder to remake? To remake? No. Why? I
1: is don't. There... I don't think that he should be anywhere near a story after this.
2: Whoa, that's hard. Is it, is it them so words? I agree with Chelsea in the respect that I don't think he should be allowed to come up with his own stories ever again. Mm -hmm. Um, But we know that if there's a good writer based on what he did with Dawn of the Dead. uh, Which was James Gunn. yeah, Yeah. Coincidentally, it was James Gunn. I feel like if you got him a good script and he, and the script was where you mind the character depth and plot and drama and conflict and all that stuff. And it wasn't Zack Snyder trying to create it. Um, I feel like he is a very talented director to put visuals on screen. I just don't think that he has any sense of storytelling he he
3: never has anything to really say like with watchmen right. like I appreciate. That film and just recently Christopher Nolan said that movie is a little ahead of its time, but I just feel like that story in general is very ahead of its time. So I wouldn't yeah. give that credit to Zack Snyder because he just made that movie. And the, the what I get out of that movie is, oh, he appreciated the comic. I don't get anything new out of it from it. And I kind of feel the same way not to jump too much of a head because my true feelings will kind of come out as we talk about Rebel Moon a little bit more. But he's just making something like a collection of inspirations from other works. We mentioned Star Wars, but there's also a lot of jokes and it's very noticeable with A Bug's Life uh, being like a huge part of of this story. There's a bit in here that feels like Avatar. There's a bit in here that feels like the very beginning. Uh, Inglorious Bastards. There, yeah. It just there's there's just so many things in here, and and I can feel his fandom more than anything, and he can make isolated moments feel really cool, but I mean, he, he's not the absolute best at stringing them together, and that's kind of on display throughout his whole career to me.
1: One of my right. notes for this was all of these derivative pieces and greater stories can't add up to anything worthwhile. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And that's
2: like, to go back to what Brian said, I don't want Zack Snyder to stop making movies. I want him to yeah. actually have a producer, like, cause Netflix has no one that oversees development of anything. They just throw $250 million at him and say, have fun. And I understand that he's earned the right as a filmmaker to do that sort of stuff but it's also would be nice if he wasn't getting script credits like if it was i don't know i yeah. but i would
3: like to know what his contracts are for yeah. that because he's like all right so we're gonna have a bit of a little retainer type of thing going on here if my film is not critically successful let's let's punish people with a four-hour cut Right,
2: right. that is well, going to have
3: to be a
0: whole
2: again.
3: Section. That's marketing.
0: That, that marketing. is that
1: is a whole. Wait for it.
0: Yeah, that's 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 marketing. But well, what? The, to answer the question I asked, what movie or franchise do you want him to see? Like, like I feel like Preston would be, you know, like I want to see Zack Snyder's version of Harry Potter.
3: No, I'm <laughs> absolutely not. Um, <laughs> I, I'm trying to think of like there's there's like a few. Like I said, like there's sequences that he would bring some visual flair to, but I just don't think he would be able to pull it off altogether. I like to see just because I'm looking at the poster right now, Rad. <laughs> I wonder what his version <laughs> of Rad would be Zach with slow motion. Rad, bikes. yeah, would be amazing. Sequence.
0: Like, do you think piggyback- Zack Snyder would do well with like Matrix Reloaded or Revolutions? No, no, he would. He no, would turn but- it into
2: Jupiter Ascending. But do you know what he would do pretty good with if they gave him a Fast and Furious? Hey now. Man, I I, I would actually idea.
3: I'd be curious about that actually because those
2: movies have such an already a built-in audience no one cares about the story that much. You just have to say family a couple times and other than that it is all about sick visuals which is where he excels. So he wouldn't have to do any world building, he wouldn't have to do any character development. He would just have to choreograph and film sick ass car stunts and i think he would be amazing at that
3: i think he just killed it right there that's it
2: yeah yeah the fast and zach snyder's
0: fast and furious Ooh, that's great i like that ah okay all right we'll we'll market that um <clears throat> rebel moon um so when you start to see a movie come out and you see Zack Snyder's name on it. Are any of you excited about it or are you do you roll your eyes?
3: I I feel like I'm kind of like with the Michael Bay film except I'm a little more positive on Michael Bay like where I'm kind of in his corner and I'm rooting for him to succeed to succeed. He doesn't always succeed or probably only succeeds maybe fifteen percent of the time, but um, I, 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 there's something I have, I have some admiration for him in like the way that he's just so up his own ass and in in his head and thinks that there's like a whole army of fans out there that are in his corner, but they may be bots. Um, So I I just have admiration for him as an artist. And so I'm interested in new projects that he does. And so when I watched the trailer for this, and I was like, okay, um, I'm curious about it, but I'm never like, okay, let's go watch it right away. I'm just kind of, I let the, I like to kind of wait and let people, even though most of the time it's all completely negative, but I like to see what the conversation is. And sometimes that kind of helps uh, what or it helps define like what my uh, experience of it will be because I can be like, okay, everybody's already talked shit about it. So let me now just kind of enjoy this for what it is and find something to like. And so that that's my relationship with this work.
0: Hmm. 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 What about? I have you? an answer.
1: I have an answer to that question. Yeah. So for most of his kind of filmography, I feel like I like the idea and the announcement of things more than I ever like the execution.
0: Okay, so you like like the trailers and like, oh, and then when it comes out, it it, it always misses the mark.
1: Um, I don't think the trailers are always the greatest, but i'm i'm interested i don't want him to 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 fail at everything he does i want him to be better i want honestly i just want him to be to be better and i love that dawn of the dead i even used to really love sucker punch um I've revisited that and it's not as great as I thought it was.
2: <laughs>
0: well, well I, I need to ask then, how do you suggest somebody be better when well, they have a movie uh, resume that
2: is a couple billion dollars? Well, that's, that's kind of a load. Like what you're saying, as the CCW, uh, that's chief content watcher,
1: of the pod
2: of the pod i'm sitting here complaining about a Zack snyder movie not living up to my expectations but i think i I, the day it came out i texted y'all and said i just watched it so it's like i sit here and i'm with chelsea and i don't know how to explain it i don't hate Zack snyder i think a lot of people with the internet trolls and all the justice league garbage and all that stuff think that if you say his movie is not good then you are a hater of him and I'm with Chelsea of being like no he has talent in there because some of the visuals are incredible like groundbreaking moments things that I remember even from this piece of shit movie there are things that are so cool looking and then it just at the end of the day I walk away from it being like well that was one stinky fart into the wind you know (laughs) like I wish that there was a script supervisor, or something, someone who was like, "Hey, what if, what if, Zach? I'm just throwing this out here. Zach, I know you're busy with this green screen and trying to make this look really cool, but what if you made someone give a shit? Just, just a couple minutes of giving a shit, and that would make uh, that would make his project so much better. And I know he has that in him, so I think there's like a.
1: What if you like showed a, us things instead of dump two hours of expo- exposition yeah. on us?
2: I think there's hope. We have hope. Brian, we're we're hopeless romantics for him to put out a good movie. I, I
0: but I think he's made good movies before, and including, I, I mean, I'm excited when his Zack Snyder movie comes out. Yes, because I know what I'm getting. Um, there hasn't been like you said the Farley Brothers, where you've seen something about Mary and Dumb and Dumber and me myself and Irene, and then you get Green Book and you're just like wait, this is a complete, uh. Mishmash and in with Zack Snyder, besides Dawn of the Dead or maybe Gahul, um, we always know what <laughs> we're getting. Um, we always know what we're getting. So,
2: but I Preston brought I, up Michael Bay, though. Preston brought up even,
3: Michael Bay, or even Neil Blomkamp.
0: Yeah, like well, yeah, Neil but- Blomkamp all impressed us once, and then it's kind of not, bad.
3: But, but he has good moments right in his
0: work. Correct, yeah. correct 100%. Um, but
2: both of those directors somehow, yes, Zack Snyder's made some good movies there's some movies that him I enjoy, but both Bloom Camp and Michael Bay, I get just as excited when I see their projects, knowing it could be a failure or not. Um, and I just think they have a higher hit ratio. Like Ambulance, that was just Michael Bay screwing around with drones for two hours while. Jake Gyllenhaal was totally coked out of his mind in a Mm sweat. Like that Mm -hmm. movie, that movie rocked. Like that was just when he screamed, this is Casimir. Like that's, you don't get those kinds of moments in Zack Snyder movies. Like it's the character, the character work is missing from Zack Snyder. So I think his movies are hollow vessels. Almost all of his movies are like homages to things that he likes. He's like, I'm going to create, recreate this scene. And instead of playing with action figures, He has $200 million of Netflix's money and can actually recreate it. But it's just as soulless Mm -hmm. as if he was holding action figures. And that's what Bay does not do and Bloom Camp does not do.
1: So I will say in a world where I have this decision, I mean, it was just 2023 now going into 2024. But the movies that I've seen in 2023, things like The Holdovers and Poor Things and how rich things can be made, you said you know, when I see a Zack Snyder movie, I know what I'm getting. When If I want to, like, equate that to food, it's like, oh, I go to, like, Burger King and I know what I'm getting. Like, very Zack Snyder is a Burger King, like, Burger King. But you know something's always going to be, a li- like, off about it. Like, it's never how it is in the pictures or in the videos. And I would just say... I mean, this is gonna sound re- really, really, uh, cheesy, but like expand your cinematic palette. Like, I don't want fast, I don't want fast food all the time. We Zach want fast Snyder and furious.
0: Yeah, fast and furious. Zack Snyder has it is has it his way, just like in the Burger King commercials. Yeah. Um, but I mean, let's if you take a look at Zack Snyder right now over the last few years actually since 2013 over the last 10 years he's kind of been steeped in dc so like man of steel um this batman superman he did he uh came with the story was a producer on wonder woman justice league and that whole thing um and so after all of that happened after his tragedy after all that um he went back to his roots and he did zombie movie again army of the dead and then now He's stepping outside, you know, not DC, not comic book. He went Star Wars. He went sci-fi with it, with Rebel Moon. And he brought along uh, some of his, his cohorts with Kurt Johnstead and Shea Hatton. Kurt um, was a writer on 300, um, and atomic blonde, and act of valor. And then also the other writer for this movie, Shay Hatton, which is interesting. Wrote Army of the Dead, but also wrote John Wick Chapter Three and Chapter Four. Um, so cool. that's interesting. Um, so Zach Snyder made his Star Wars. Like, it's a real story. He pitched a Star Wars movie to Lucas. He they said no. He made his own, and it's being be two parts. And so. I, I believe we already know that Chelsea didn't like Rebel Moon. So first off, before I'm, we go out to press, we don't know what press thinks about this yet. First, I'm going to say what I think. I really liked, I liked Rebel Moon. I don't know if I say I really liked it. I liked Re- Rebel Moon. I enjoyed it for what it was. Um, I think with all of the Star Wars and Star Treks and sci-fi stuff out there that we all really love, I think it's the same type of thing with Zack Snyder's name all over it and I enjoyed it for what it was I had a good time even though it doesn't have the story or a big character development type of thing that all the movies that I said do but I enjoyed it for Zack Snyder like I go into Zack Snyder and it's like I get what it is it's the Burger King in me um, but I believe Dan and Chelsea have said what They've thought, but we just got to hear quickly before we get to Preston because we're all in mysterious of what Preston's gonna think. Um Chelsea, you watched Rebel Moon. What did you think about it?
1: I think that it was I mean, I'm I'm not adding anything new to the discourse, but it was it was Dune, it was Inglorious Bastards, it was um there's <laughs> There's a little War Warhammer Forty K in there. There is God of War, Seven Samurai, Star Wars. I'm just um. There's even a a story arc of I was a stormtrooper before. That's how I know the Empire is bad. I right. mean, the,
0: but did you? But did you? Did you like the movie? Is it? Is it a good Zack Snyder movie? No. You didn't like it. Like on a scale of one to ten.
3: She gave it half a star on Letterboxd. She gave it a half a star on Letterboxd.
1: So I, I just hope the people that made it had fun making it.
0: Wow, half a star. It's crazy. Um, Dan, what do you do? You, are you a half a star? Or are you a two-star?
2: Uh I would give it a half star on Letterboxd. Oh, I said I said everything last pod. I just think it's empty. Um, and it's an empty soulless. Homage to everything that's been done better. I don't think that all the riffs that he's doing on all these stories that clearly influenced him and he liked, he just did them poorly. So it didn't work for me. Um, I feel like his last movie he made for Netflix was, I'm going to say it, 20 times more entertaining and fun. Was that Army, Army of the, of the Dead? dead. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That movie was... I enjoyed that movie. I truly did. I would give that one like on Letterboxd like two and a half stars. Like, watch it. It's got some fun kills. It's fun. It knows what it's doing. And this one just did nothing for me. Did nothing. Okay. Um, I liked it. Chelsea Dan didn't like
0: it whatsoever. Half a star. Oh my God. Preston. Uh I'm really I, I can't wait. I can't wait.
3: What what's your guess?
0: I'm guessing you're middle of the road. I don't think you're going to like vehemently hate it or you're like amazingly going to love it. I think you're going to be middle of the road.
3: Yeah. Um, I cannot bring myself to hate this movie. So I'm slightly in your corner, Brian. After, And I think a lot of it is what I said earlier is because I paced myself. I watched it. I watched half of it last night. And the, half, the other half this morning. And I think having that space and seeing what the dialogue's been and knowing what Dan and Chelsea felt like and knowing what Brian felt like probably helped my experience in watching this because and and, and I, there's been a couple of films over the years, maybe even Aquaman 2 is one of them, where I, I'm, I'm, I'm just feeling kind of forgiving about it. I recognize everything, like how it's a Xerox copy of a Xerox copy of a Xerox copy. Like there's just, there's uh, like, if I'm truly here examining the contents of everything that's packaged here, there's a lot to, there's a lot to, you know, get my red pen out about. There's so many moments in here. Maybe we'll get to it that don't add up and make sense whatsoever. And we'll get to like the avatar <laughs> sequence on the hippogriff thing that Chelsea texted me about. It's like, oh, you're gonna love this hippogriff part as a Harry Potter fan. <laughs> and then watching that sequence, I was like, oh yeah, this is uh, Jake Sully, you know, trying to tame one of those things. Yeah, so, it
0: was exactly that. Yeah.
3: It, it's Buckley. It, but it, yeah, but it makes, but it makes no sense. Like, because the guy is like, you know, this guy owes like a 20 year debt and then he makes the bet with the other people but what the thing is doesn't really involve the people too much right yeah so it, it, there, it of- at any time so it just makes no fucking sense but it's it's entertaining <laughs> I I, uh, I especially the first half of this movie I think the last 20 minutes of this movie is like the worst part of the whole thing like it's entertaining to a degree but it's it's definitely the most convoluted of the entire thing. But the, the beginning, like seeing them, uh, I, I thought of you Chelsea very early on when, um, she's grabbing the dirt. And I was like, oh my gosh, she's about to fuck this dirt. Like the way that she was like, (laughs) it. I'm so
0: happy that we think of Chelsea when we see dirt in that respect.
3: It's (laughs) so good. (laughs) That was kind of entertaining to me to see like these moments where this movie is like horny for something and it's horny for dirt. It's horny for food. It's horny for tentacles. There's a, the, the bad guy at screen or whatever his name is uh in the in the film who's like the bad guy they're trying to do like the whole you know vader thing
1: the space nazi
3: yeah but he's he's like um yeah he's very much like vader uh hans landa but uh there or even um gary oldman in um fifth element where they tried to you know push him just a little make him a little off um, mm-hmm. he, he was definitely probably at least to me the most entertaining part of the whole movie because I feel like he was the most like in tune with what this movie Why? is which is complete disaster and doesn't make sense um, but I um, I just kind of I, I I know Chelsea said that she there was a lot of or at least most of the movie she was very bored during but I think there's some one and a half action sequences in this that are pretty good and um and there it just looks pretty there's a couple parts uh and i know to a lot of people like it's very divided that Zack snyder's visual style is either i mean i like you know with 300 he really just kind of changed things up and then since then as we've said on here he's kind of been milking that a little bit uh like with the dc stuff i don't think a lot of his what he brings visually to the screen didn't work for me in in any of those movies but here i feel like it worked with worked for me a little bit more like seeing you know like jupiter or, or like seeing the planets excuse me in the background and seeing these ships kind of come in like there's it's I'm getting uh it's getting something out of me. Like I like what it what it's doing. Um, so I didn't mind it so much from a visual standpoint, but like I said, if you start breaking down the characters, Dan already mentioned it's pretty soulless, there's no heart to it. They're just kind of like um characters that are just yeah, they're action figures or something. Like they're just like, hey, they're badass, right? Like you look at them, they're badass. Is there anything that leads up to their badassery not so much like there's a bit in this movie where they're like we're just going to go I know a guy we're going to go find him right and that's it
0: so so here's the here's that thing here here's here's where i think this is going to come into play because we all know there's going to be a director's cut and it's not going to be like a 3 minute director's cut it's going to be like 40 minutes longer or long, or 50 minutes longer and i it's I get it with marketing. You're going to make more money. You're going to get more views again. But then again, you're going to release something that's not finished. Um, Like like Ari Aster did this for Midsommar. And the Midsommar is an amazing fucking movie. But then he released a m- version of it that was 35 minutes longer. And it's even better. But we still mm-hmm. get so much greatness in that original movie. We're here. It seems like he needed to release the full version because there's so much left out because we're not seeing, you're like, oh yeah, there's a guy, we're going to go get him. That's what that's what's missing here because I think if we get the director's cut, we're going to get all of this explanation of what's happening in a good way. Kind of like how we got with uh, Justice League. It was the better movie. Um, but...
1: Right. Are we always just gonna like for every movie Zack Snyder makes, or do do we just want a Snyder cut for everything?
0: I mean, I don't, but marketing wise, it seems like what well, that's what they're doing. Like that that became like a cultural thing. Now is that you know, release the Snyder cut like
2: that's a thing. Yeah, but
1: can't can't something just be just be good as is?
2: Yeah, I agree. But, I agree with that. The the Snyder cut thing though came about because someone else finished his movie mm-hmm. this time around this is his movie so it doesn't work for me as much to be like hey i put out an inferior product that i had total control over start to finish Yeah, i had a three hour and 20 minute cut but i edited it down to two hours and 30 minutes and made it shittier and not make as much sense so that i can release the r-rated version in in two months which it's it's a weird strategy i know it works i know it'll put eyeballs i'm sure the netflix people are like subscriptions will go up especially overseas um whenever this version is released so more power to him but from a standpoint of zach snyder putting out a product he's doing a self-fulfilling prophecy of putting out a poor quality product like he's like hey I put out this version of my movie, which is just okay. Don't worry. I'll fill in all the gaps for you guys with the superior version in two months. Yeah. Which yeah, is like oh,
1: like, oh God, big, you know, the corporations wouldn't let me, let me do this. Uh, yeah. let, wouldn't let me make what I l- loved. Uh, here's, here's, you know, here's what I really wanted to make. And it's like, no, that's,
3: it, it, it's it's not like a, you know, a Ridley Scott director's cut where you have Kingdom no. of Heaven, which is already a great movie. And then you have the director's cut of it and you're like, wow, that's even better to me. Just like you were saying with Midsommar, like it just it there's a difference between making something and enhancing the story or filling it out in such a way where it causes more intrigue versus something that's like it's just going to feel like more of it. And that's what Justice League honestly felt like to me and I think a big problem with Zack Snyder overall with a lot of these stories is just that they're too ambitious and overstuffed he throws characters in there for no reason like hey man dial this back what if this whole movie took place on that grain planet and it just didn't feel like you had to go here here like we don't have to go to Cloud City we don't have to go to Coruscant and all these other places that feel like Mix, you know, what he took from other things like there's just so many beats in here that are too familiar and we'll get into like some of these like very Star Wars feeling moments, not just like, you know, a new hope, but like, as I mentioned with Cloud City and having a certain character in it that feels like Empire Strikes Back. So it's just kind of frustrating that he takes it. He tries to make it feel like this big saga when he could just really right. make it feel and that's what made neil blomkamp's district nine so interesting yeah. like it it didn't have to be this let's go see what they're doing on their home planet and everything like just
0: keep it grounded yeah. keep you're it hitting something
1: yeah. he's hitting something on the head right now though because he he sets up this huge major scope and it never lands it always feels really super right. like really thin
0: Qu- what it happens too quickly i feel like we need more time and that that brings but, me to this this a star wars question um and especially something that i'm trying to wrap my head around with daniel and chelsea
2: giving it a half a star daniel? i no for for real he, he
1: used his his whole government name <laughs> I'm,
2: uh, I'm in trouble i i respect it i, I did <laughs> i did
0: his his christian name um the I'm trying to wrap my head around it because if you're giving this a half a star, I feel like you have to give a half a star to all of your Star Wars movies, Star Trek movies too. Because it's the same stuff happening, but in a Zack Snyder world, it's different. Like for instance, the most Eisley Cantina scene in Rebel uh-huh. Moon, like it's uh-huh. blatantly most Isley Cantina okay. aliens, but it's like way more hardcore. Like there's an alien sucking. How is it
1: way more hardcore? Huh? Because yeah. the, the one parasitic alien. But, well,
0: and the violence, the violence in it the, is crazy. The violence
3: in Star Wars when he gets his arm shot off. Arm cut off seeing all is all that pretty blood. good. It's like the it's part pretty- of yes. But
0: I think in here it's like more brutal. Like that happens. You see blood, and everybody goes about their business. Um, I just think that there's like how Star Wars is this Rebel Moon? And if you love Star Wars, I mean, I know I know Dan loves Star Wars, but I know Chelsea really loves Star Wars. How do you not appreciate or like this for what it's doing <laughs> as if Star I Wars is? Because that's when I came into the mindset as like, oh my God, I, I love I love Star Wars. I love Star I love Stargate. I love all these type of movies that Zack Snyder is given free reign to like put all like y'all said his action figures on the table and play with them literally
1: this story i'll answer you this story isn't good this was written as a star wars treatment it was given to you know lucasfilm that said no it was given to warner brothers they didn't want to work with him again i I, mean i just i i yeah. yeah Sorry, I love Star Wars for what it is, but this is just pulling the best parts of it and cherry picking and you know trying to make, you know, yeah, something good.
2: And Brian, if you're asking how we cannot give the same review to something, I'm just going to go back to the food thing that Chelsea brought up earlier. Just just because like just because I like cheeseburgers doesn't mean I can't be like this cheeseburger is way better. There's better lettuce. There's better tomato. It has better <laughs> condiments. It's a better bun. And then I can be like, this Burger King, a, ho- a homeless guy left a syringe. In. You know what I mean? <laughs> but like, but it has the bun in the meat. Like when? Yeah. Why? So, but it's like,
1: so, like half cooked. That's it's-
2: charbroiled. <laughs> I like. I understand what you're saying. Like it, it would be the equivalent of yeah i get it there's definitely movies that appeal to me as you guys can tell from my love of like dad action movies like your john wicks all that sort of stuff i love all that stuff but there's bad versions of them and then there's good versions of them i happen to think that this is a bad version of a star trek and star wars movie
0: which is crazy because it's a 200 million dollar epic sci-fi franchise
2: so-, <laughs> that's a- so what
1: that's okay i i honestly give give me and dan the 200 million let us let us cook
2: i wouldn't make a movie i would not make a movie i would spend that money you'd never see me again
0: <laughs> <laughs> so why do you think this movie is sitting at a 23 percent on rotten tomatoes
3: we've already discussed it
2: yeah i think preston nailed it in his <laughs> i do want to point out that preston who enjoyed this movie Use the words disaster, soulless, <laughs> going nowhere. Oh, the lawyer. No I love it. And he, like I was just like, no, but he's just like, yeah, all that stuff's there. It just worked for me. He it, and yeah. it worked for it worked for him more than it worked for us. And I and I do agree with him on this because I fall victim to it all the time. The benefit of lower expectations. Like when someone tells me this movie is a piece of shit, you're gonna hate it it's awful and then I watch it going into it being like and then I watch it like it wasn't so bad like I do that very often and and so yeah I mean Preston it it worked for him and he enjoyed it but I think we're all on the same page of why it didn't get great reviews all right so with with that um do
0: you think that the actors in this because i like the actors in this movie um sophia butella who i loved in climax or
3: um anthony daniels i mean anthony hopkins as uh C-3-
0: <laughs> C-3- yeah, c3po c3po with the the deer antlers on i mean it's uh salt I burn mean, ass salt burn. yeah Dijmoon hansu or ed screen or charlie hunnam ray fisher uh, Duna Bay like these are all great actors who've been in really cool movies uh dude. yeah, but
3: they're so pretty what? and what? muscular and like great hair product and I don't have has no believability
0: with well, so where I wanna, they are so <laughs> did anybody take a note? I did um with uh Digimon Hansu's character that dude is uh, the, sixty years Diamond. old that Diamond hansu Diamond. Diamond. Honsu. Yeah uh, Hons, He's 60 years old, and that dude is carved
2: from marble. Still yeah, he's incredible.
1: He, he always has been though. 60 I, I years years just old. want to point out that
2: that just just to Brian just listed off Sophia Butella mm-hmm. and Ed Screen and Charlie Hunnam and he was like, These are great actors. <laughs> They've been in some great <laughs> stuff. I'm like, I can't name one great movie that any of them have been in. Digimon Hansu's been in great movies. I just called him Digimon. You remember those yeah. instead of Pokemon? Yeah. I'm, I'm so sorry. I, I didn't mean to do that. Um and and obviously Anthony Hopkins, but I don't think anyone else has been something that you could be like Charlie Hunt,
0: Nicholas a- Nickleby himself, children of men, I Pacific enjoy- Rim, Crimson Peak. How are these? He not- was
1: the worst. Okay, hold on. Mm-hmm. As someone who loves Crimson Peak, he is he was the worst part of Crimson Peak.
2: I do not deny you that he is a great and enjoyable actor. I enjoy all of those people, but undeclared. I was just, laugh- I was just yeah, laughing.
0: Undeclared, Sons of Anarchy, oh my I God. I was just laughing that you said, these
2: guys have been in great movies. They're such great. I was like,
0: have they? Children of I'm men?
2: A- what are we doing? The one but guy. Do you is- think of him with children of men? No yeah, I, I was going to say, you mean no. Climb, yeah,
1: you don't Climb think Owen, of him. Michael
2: Kane and uh, what's her name? Um, Julie, Rachel Weitz, julianne moore, uh, Julian julianne moore.
1: and you think yeah. of that car scene you don't think and, of this guy
2: of,
0: yeah. i'm just saying oh.
1: it's a i mean i like
0: rebel moon because it just it it, it tells a different <laughs> version of what star wars could be a different star wars story what he wanted to do and it's
1: but it doesn't it doesn't it's not different it's <laughs>
2: But, <laughs> but we have not
1: seen a Star Wars where She's Luke Skywalker
0: goes across the galaxy to find a group of Jedi's to come fight the Empire. This is what this movie does.
1: Oh, the Mandalorian. I mean, okay.
0: I feel like this movie does a Luke- better job than what uh, Rise of Skywalker tried to do.
1: As much as I dislike Rise of Skywalker, I'm going to disagree with you right there.
0: I mean, there's a lot of Rise of Skywalker I really liked. Uh I just think that Rise of Skywalker tried to do something and it didn't quite get there. And I think Rebel Moon Part One did what it wanted to do. Sure. You don't you don't believe me? Like that's their the whole thing was like get everybody no. and let's come fight Palpatine again. No, we believe you.
1: We be- I believe you.
0: Okay. Preston, any
3: any way in there? Uh, what what's the big question here? like <laughs> I,
1: I, I, yeah, I don't
3: I, I feel course. like you're trying to mold this into being a higher art than it really is. it but but it's not. like it's it's just serviceable to those who um as as Chelsea said, can can appreciate some junk food every now and then. So it was it the I, fascinating degrees
0: of sci-fi? And if so, why yeah. not we all like it as much as Fast and Furious? Because because well, Fast I,
3: and Furious had like a it, it like not built up movies. to that. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
2: This is like the it first one ten, out of the gate. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fast and Furious okay. has ten movies, and like three of them are good. <laughs> the rest, the rest are Burger King Happy Meals with some poop inside. But you still love it because because you. Cause you're like ah whatever I'll just get this because I'm driving. Yeah, <laughs> you know? we're, so, we're, so- we're
3: like, uh, um, what's his face? Uh, Will Farrell and Anchorman. Just give, me, or give me the, give me this shit. I'll eat it. Yep. <laughs> yep.
0: So I might make you mad with this next question, but there's another uh, big sci-fi movie coming out this year with if you Dune, say Dune with Dune two. If
1: you say Dune?
0: Oh, okay. With Dune two. What is the comparison or contrast between these two movies? We had Dune 1 where my review, I remember, wasn't great because it was just a lot of people doing nothing except for a couple of action sequences. There was world building, yes, but there wasn't much happening in the movie. And then when they released it, there wasn't even a guarantee that we were going to get the sequel movie. Um, With this one it is gonna happen and what what's the difference between the two really uh, Who wants the, to take this the, the it.
3: difference is the uh the, the storytellers at the helm i think there's it, it the, there's a big difference in the uh the directors that are telling both of those stories Denis Villeneuve has this ability much like Ridley Scott with the first Blade Runner where, yeah, it could take maybe like five, 10 minutes to take one ship to the top of a building But he's building a mood that feels constantly intriguing, like Sicario when they're at the border. You're like, I have no idea what's going to happen. It's gonna like I'm just on the edge of my seat. And Doom when they do like the uh, dragonfly sequence with all the ships as they're going to uh, save the people that are mining. I'm like, oh my god, like this is this is really intense. So I think the only comparisons that you can draw here is that, like in terms of like the action that's happening in both stories, there's not a whole lot. Um like even the Dune book, there's like a paragraph of actual action that's going on there. It's more philosophical, it's more thinking. I think the character work is far superior in Dune compared to this, where I've just we've already mentioned that there's just there's just chess pieces here with no nothing to them. And with Dune, like I'm invested in where in each of the characters journeys and how they're going to bounce off each other and the history that they have with each other. Like I'm I'm intrigued by the world, the powers, how they live their lives with like, you know, uh, they have to preserve their water and all that stuff, like all that stuff. All that kind of things are very interesting to me. And there are a few moments of intrigue in this in terms of like just being weird. The tentacle guy that's like hooked up to a body that just kind of (laughs) straight out of the mask. That's, Yeah. yeah, that's interesting. Like, hey, do some more stuff like that than, you know, than being a carbon copy of something else or, you know, or stealing, you know, stealing a pawn piece or whatever it may be. So I think a lot of it has to deal with the buildup, like even the villain in Dune, who, you know, the way that it's shot, like there's something kind of hypnotic about the presence of that villain on screen. And here, he's just hamming it up and I'm enjoying it for for him hamming it up. And so I, I the intensity and everything, the craft, the art, like it's all there in Dune. This is just, you know a fun little finger
2: painting.
0: Okay. All right. What about Dan?
2: I mean, it's one of the most beloved and groundbreaking sci-fi novels ever in Dune. So there's already a story, there's sequels, there's book sequels, there's all this deep character lore, there's all this stuff. And then as Preston said, you have a top 10 director working today. And his entire team of writers, craftsmen, visual effects supervisors, everyone to make the best version of it. And that is not what happened <laughs> with Rebel Moon. So there's a huge difference for me. Spice, grain, same thing. I don't know. Yeah, but
3: it feels like grain's not a. Like, it's well, not like, a huge I like how like, one planet
0: it. is just the grain planet. They Nobody can go get anything elsewhere, right? Is that what you're saying?
3: Yeah, like it's just it's just kind of there in the beginning, but there's more at play when I feel like spice is a pretty big chunk of what Dune's okay. about. There, there, there's understand. more there, there's something like spiritual going on. There's more meaning behind it when this mm-hmm. is um this. I, I just kept laughing at like how bugs life it was. Like it literally was the same I mean, thing.
0: I wonder Fun if anybody will. 20- ask so do you think there's anybody out there that can do what Zack Snyder does? Like, do you think there's a director out there that can visually creative as he is, but also have the ability to pitch something to a studio, them say no and then just make his own big budget version of it. And then Sure,
2: Christopher great. Nolan could do that. Okay. Matthew Vaughn. <laughs> Who is our guy? Yeah.
0: Okay,
2: but yeah, no, Nolan obviously. I mean, he's got a mind for stuff like Inception. Okay, and if someone said no to that, and someone gave two hundred million dollars, I'm pretty sure he would have made a pretty damn good movie.
3: Um, yeah. yeah, you don't see him making a director's cut of Tenant. It is he plays the ball as it lies. <laughs> <laughs> but to
0: Christopher Nolan's credit, wasn't he in an interview saying that Zack Snyder is no. amazing, like the week's he, see, he's
3: just saying that because they're friends and like they, yeah. they work together. They're colleagues and he's not going to talk shit about them.
0: Not like Scorsese does.
3: Not like Scorsese and like Paul Schrader. Like Paul Schrader's been Paul pretty Paul Schrader.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Scorsese okay. just calls the movies theme park rides and they're not for him. And you're like, yes, 80 year old man. That makes sense. Paul Schrader's like, this is a piece of shit. And anyone who likes it is fucking stupid. And everyone's just like, oh, that's Paul being Paul.
0: So do you yeah. think that because, Dan, you're your you're, you're age, Chelsea, you're your age, uh, if you were younger, like in your teens or something, like or younger, you oh. would like this movie more?
3: Probably. I oh. like Van Helsing when I was a kid. Oh, yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's obvious. I, I, Yeah, 100%. Like, I thought the Scorpion King was cool growing up. Oh, yeah. yeah.
1: That's true.
2: So, I mean, like, yes, obviously, as you grow and mature in your taste and you see different versions of this. But, yeah, if this was out in a theater, I would have seen it opening weekend if I was 12 years old. And I would have been like, that was sick. <laughs> so
0: Chelsea, what about
2: you?
1: I mean, yeah, if I was 12, 13 years old, I would like this with their, with their half ass lightsaber sword shits
3: yeah yeah (laughs) because you wouldn't have all that background you wouldn't be like oh that's seven samurai like that you wouldn't pull all those because you already have knowledge of and and, oh yeah you to all those things but yeah unfortunately we are the age we are
1: unfortunately wisdom is a is a curse yeah
3: yeah
0: (laughs)
1: so wisdom teach it wisdom
0: killed rebel moon (laughs) That's very sad to say and very funny. Um, Do you think the director's cut first, but then part two, which we're getting this year, will make it full circle? Do you think this will be... It it will bring this movie, and you might look at it differently, like, oh, there's more going on here that I originally saw.
3: No, I I really think it's going to be kind of more of the same. I don't expect it to be... uh, I, I mean, I... I at this point am interested to see where it goes, but I still think that there's a lot of pieces that he put out there and, and like um, Rise of Skywalker, you know, everything that was set up by Ryan Johnson, where he's like, you know, Hey, let's, let's, you know, let's make this all fresh and new and everything. And let's, you know, erase the past and all that. And, and move forward with something intriguing and i th- i think what jj did with rise of skywalker is that no he put it back on track and you know put and, and there were some things that were explored there that were had the potential to be something interesting but he you know brought it back and it just didn't have that 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 punch to it and i think that's kind of what's going to happen here um i i, I kind of hate uh spoiler alert that Ed, Ed's, Ed, What's his character's name? What's the bad guy? See, I don't care about it. Atticus Noble. Okay, <laughs> um,
1: I don't know anyone's name.
3: I only know Cora, just because they say it a couple. If you if you say it a couple of times in, in Jim and German Hansu is Titus. By the way, his character introduction with like the Glad the gladiator type, because he's also in Gladiator. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, they show that, and it's going to be like, oh, my God, this is going to be awesome. Like, We're going to see be... something, and then we don't. No, we don't. Like, he just gets washed off.
0: That's why I'm saying, like, in those 40 minutes of a director's cut, are we going to get that badass scene? I don't know. I don't think so. Nah. Or Darian Bloodaxe, who... Ray Fisher, yeah yeah I'm just like wow that that upset me because I was like he was made to be such a badass they were talking about him the whole movie and then nothing it fizzled
1: out
2: yeah and yeah I like his career yeah.
1: <laughs> really really cool name to be that lame
3: yeah he got the blood part down <laughs> yeah he did Jerry <laughs> L as the king.
0: So, so do you? Are you looking forward to part two?
2: No, I'm I'm gonna watch part two. We're probably gonna review it on here because it's gonna gonna be rotten. (laughs) So I don't want to say I'm not looking. uh, Am I looking forward to sitting down to watch it? Not really, but I'm going to. Um, I don't think I'll be honest. I don't think I'm gonna watch the director's cut unless I hear that it's actually way better. I can't imagine making myself watch a 45 minute longer version of this. That's just promised to be more um, violent and have some really intense fight scenes is what most of the cast based on my Googling was talking about that there's like extended fight scenes and some gore and stuff like that. I don't think that's going to really add much for me.
3: I I expect a lot of the deleted scenes or what he's going to add to it is going to be like completely useless content in the same way that the cattle gun thing that they show i like the spider device thing that like captures the people yeah but when for you were like yeah shit. like that was really cool but the cattle gun thing like there's even a sequence in here where they show like the instructions of it like they show it on the screen like this is how it works click thing in here cool <laughs> thing and, and then it's going to be stuff like that where it's just like Expositional and, and noth- nothing, nothing uh, that's going to cause me to lean in. I hope not. I hope not. What do you hope for part two, Chelsea?
1: Um, I'm gonna go in. So I don't think I, I don't, I don't like this. And as a whole, I'm not a very big Zack Snyder fan. But I'm hoping that the second part of this is stronger than the first and more entertaining. Like I, like I said before, I don't want things to be bad and I just hope it's stronger. Um, I wanna know way more about who we've been, been introduced to because I feel like I don't feel for any of these characters, like any of them. Yeah, we
3: need some more powwow sessions. Need them talking on the ship. Yeah. and reflecting and and uh, in a way that doesn't feel like uh, well you don't know anything i think it would have been kind of interesting to know like not too much about cora like she's just kind of we're just like kind of dropped into her story and then it would have been like in the second half that we like maybe they did a whole prequel type thing and we could have got like half a prequel and then a sequel and that like would godfather been- 2. Yeah, something like that would have been it more interesting to me um, because you would be like, she's so mysterious. I don't know anything about her. But now I'm like, I know a little bit about her, but I'm not compelled by it. Um, it's just uh, she's she's like Jake Sully at this point, really, from Avatar. Um, she's just like really good <laughs> at what she does. But um, Do you all yeah. have
0: a favorite scene in the movie part one yet?
3: I like when she's, uh, how epic Snyder makes tossing seeds out onto the pasture. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) No, um. seed everywhere. Yeah.
1: I like, (laughs) I like when, when the one, the one little farmer girl puts the, um, puts the flower crown on the robot.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah
1: and apparently he changes his whole programming and whole whole mind from that. Um, yeah. but that was, that was is alive. That was I cute.
2: actually, I actually thought the one kind of cool scene, obviously, cause Zack Snyder is a brilliant writer and a brilliant storyteller, um, to yeah. show that these, to show that these soldiers are bad guys, you have to have them willing to rape a 15 year old girl. Yeah. Um, because that's, that's just what all good storytellers do. Um, but I really did enjoy her walking into the barn like that initial I was like okay so she's kind of a cool badass like that was a cool scene
3: yeah because it's like the 300 moment like the odds just don't seem in her favor but slow motion made it possible because you can't question the logic because it's so slow there's a guy it's kind of like a lot of martial arts films like you just have those people that are just kind of waiting their turn in the background (laughs) i got a gun i'm not gonna fire it yet i'm gonna wait until she's a little bit closer and it's my point or my Mm -hmm. turn and so slow motion allows you to not think about all the logic of that but it looks cool and so that's that's what makes it unique
0: i i do like that comment dan about making evil villains more evil by like being pedophiles or raping kids they did that in rambo the yeah one where he came back where like the in vietnam or whatever gorillas was just a giant piece of shit but then like they had to show him messing with little
2: boys (laughs) that's like really was this necessary it always it's like we already established they're like treating everyone in the town like garbage and they're coming back they're an imperial force and whatnot but i know what'll make you really mad about it (laughs) (laughs)
3: my my favorite scene of the whole movie is when atticus noble arrives on the planet for the first time because you have Corey stall or whatever his name is in in this yeah who's only in here for like five minutes
1: my my one my one note about Corey stall was didn't know Corey stall was going to be telling me to to fuck for God and the seedlings to sprout in the first five minutes. <laughs> yeah,
3: he, he he's a cult leader. Um, so that that was interesting to me, but but also I like the because it's the the inglorious bastards part of it, right? Like it's the there's a politeness kind of going on here, and you don't know like like who the good guy's going to be in terms of um like when you have michael uh what's his name uh who plays Gunner Michael Hoosman from Game yeah. of Thrones like he it's kind of intense when he's being truthful about everything and then you're like oh my god what's gonna happen now and then he just kind of cl- clubs him of course Corey stole to death um so that whole that whole bit uh was pretty interesting to me
0: yeah all right um i like that scene at the most icely cantina um i the visual stuck out to me was the parasite alien that was super cool i like the shelob fight from lord of the rings uh that was super fun because it like had like motive other than just like a fucking spider that protected the caves but there was like a story behind it um and i i'm curious i don't know if it was done as well as it could have been but those like final couple minutes where um the the bad guy uh ed screen um, atticus noble atticus noble you think that he's dead but somehow
1: he robot there's an emperor
0: somewhere and like brings him back
1: (laughs) the matrix
0: right so i'm curious on where that's gonna how that's gonna play out and what that's gonna be is he going to turn good or i i don't know i'm i'm excited i don't i don't i don't want that shit to happen i'm tired of that okay okay we'll see how it goes but i i enjoyed rebel moon for what it is like i i watch it again um i'm looking forward to a director's cut i'm looking forward to the sequel i'm curious daniel chelsea after talking about it for the last hour Do y'all appreciate it more? Do you hate it more? Are you still kind of ambivalent to it?
1: I I don't like it. I don't think it's good. And I think if this had been released on any other weekend that wasn't statistically the one that most Americans are home and just watching shit, it would not be uh, as high as it is on streaming. Hmm.
2: Okay. Dan? I don't hate it more. I'm just like this was something that was not for me. Okay. Preston. And I can, I can live with that. All right. Preston.
3: Yeah. This uh, discussion went about how I thought it would go. So there's, <laughs> there's nothing, there's nothing to it that causes the, the scale to tip any more One way than the other. Um, I, I'm just kind of, yeah, I, I would probably throw it on again. Like, uh, I was talking to my wife about it earlier, and I was like, yeah, it wasn't that bad. I I, I wasn't bored by it. I just recognized all its flaws, and I was just a little more forgiving about it. But I think a lot of that had to do with some the, what, what Dan pointed out, that I knew what it was, how people felt go, uh, going into it, and um, that probably helped helped it a lot i don't know how it would have sat with me if i you know watched this in like the summer movie season and or post dune uh two like if i watched dune 2 i'd be like oh my god that was like amazing And then i watched this and i'm like oh gosh so uh, a lot of it kind of came down to timing and i think we all have those experiences with movies that we've watched and probably talk about on this podcast where Timing and sometimes just whatever you're going through in the moment uh, helps. And I was in the mood for a palate cleanser and I got a palate cleanser. Dan, Rebel Moon um,
0: and John Wick. How, what do you think? Oh,
2: I wish that he just went to this Netflix headquarters who gave two hundred and fifty million dollars for these two movies and just took out whoever was in charge of that accounting. And then we wouldn't have had to watch Rebel Moon. <laughs> yeah. they wouldn't
3: have got the john
2: wick writers to write this that's true hey. No,
3: um
2: i think i think john i think um as you said the moss eisley cantina scene um i think it, i think that is a place where there could have been i know it was a cool scene with like the weird like suckling octopus or whatnot but if they like got an assassin the level of like john wick style yeah like gun-fu as they call it but with a laser blaster that would have been sick
3: yeah they needed a Boba Fett in there some some sort yeah. of bounty hunter I did yeah,
1: like would... the bartender he had like a <laughs> like candle oh, for like a suit so that's all yeah. that's my contribution
2: all
0: right. <laughs> sorry no that's uh, it's uh, John Wick I would like to see John Wick in this universe there might be one <laughs> with laser swords uh it, rebel it ain't moon... gonna be kai though <laughs> <laughs> hey uh rebel moon part one child of fire by Zack snyder um we don't know how many like the ratings or how many views this has gotten so far um i I do know that in just a couple of days it got 23.9 million views on netflix but we don't know since then. I mean, that was on the 22nd, so that was just a couple days. So I'm curious on how many people have watched this, but what's the audience score versus the critics? I want to say it's
3: negative two. Really? I I thought the audience was 50-something. Yeah, which is
2: very low for an audience. Okay. In case anyone's wondering, even like the worst movies, people who choose to see stuff normally go out of their way to say, I paid money for this, therefore I give it a Thumb up, yeah. it's
3: very uh, about it. 61%. I swear, yesterday it was like 58 or something.
0: Okay, so there you go. There you go. Um, lower than Fear, I would have expected. Fear and Loathing and Cinema podcast, January 2nd, first pod of 2024. We have a great year coming up. Uh, we will revisit Rebel Moon part two when it comes out, hopefully for the
3: best. Um, Chelsea. Or everybody. we won't because it'll be positive and we don't have to talk. Right. About yeah. It. Everybody <laughs>
0: will love it. We can't, we won't be able to do it. <laughs> um, oh, my goodness. Uh, Chelsea, in your best Anthony Hopkins impression, tell uh, everybody where they can find you.
1: No, I don't want to do it. Um, <laughs> <laughs>
2: I can't do
1: that. Yeah, <laughs> I can't do that. Miss um, Tenenbaum on Twitter and Chelsea Nico on everything else
0: awesome uh dan moran where can everybody find
2: you on rebel moon fear and loathing and cinema instagram and fear and loathing in cinema at gmail.com hell yeah uh preston
0: where can we find your grain at
2: (laughs) (laughs) it's green house
0: (laughs) we're not spice we're not spice
3: In the sack and of the sack. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, you can find me on Instagram, Blu-ray Dad, everything else, Preston Barta, FreshFiction.tv for writing and interviews and all that stuff. And DittenRC.com for Ditten Record Chronicle as well.
0: Hell yeah. Um, I'm Brian Kluger. And you can find me at highdefdigest.com and BoomstickComics.com, as well as this show, My Bloody Podcast, No BS with Brian and Susan, and Wednesdays from noon till 2, Central Time on Electromagnetic Radio, em-radio.com. Thank you for listening. Rebo Moon, Zack Snyder, always holds a a place in our hearts. At least, sure. yeah, it does. He
3: does. He's, he's
0: here to stay. He does.
3: He's he's hanging on like Tom Cruise, you
0: know. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, it's going to be great. Oh, there, see, there you go. You just gave me another idea for that question. Fast and Furious, let's see Zack Snyder do Mission Impossible. Let's let's see. Oh god. Oh god. What? That that's bad that, that. No. Should should, hey, should Zack Snyder and Kirk Cameron work together?
2: Yes. yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh yes. Save Christmas in slow motion with some sick action scenes. Okay. That that
3: dance sequence would have been even slower.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Diving head first and some nudity
2: in it too. Yeah.
0: Good.
3: That Um, uncle would have been really perverted. Yes. Great.
0: Um. All right. We will be back. Happy New Year, everyone.
2: Thank you so much.
1: Bye, Zack Snyder.